we're continuing our series today, and I got my man with me. Let's go. My friend, Pastor Jimmy Rollins. He's no stranger to the house Let's here go. at LifePoint. He is the pastor at I-5 City Church in the Baltimore area, and um, they're just, they're taking Baltimore by storm for Jesus, and uh, and really just, uh, he and Pastor Irene are incredible friends of Tammy and mine, and um, we just love them. And so, um, I thought in this series, I want him to come down because he's close enough. Right. And I just needed a friend. Come on, somebody. I need to see somebody in person. Uh, I need to get off Zoom. Right. And uh, hang out with somebody. And so I just said, hey, I want us to have a conversation um, that he and I started, I don't know, two, three years ago. Yeah, about three years ago. About three years ago. Conversation that he and I started um, just around the idea of race relations, around the idea of racism, of just, I'll call it evil, (laughs) Um, around love, around understanding, around unity, Um, but ultimately around the gospel, that this is is a gospel issue um, because God's taught us, he called us to go reach everybody, not somebody, not not people that look like us, think like us, or act like us. Um, And I tell you what spurred it in my heart um, was the reality that God was allowing us to be a diverse church. Yeah. because I look white, but I preach black, I Come feel on. like. Let's go. I'm, I just need your affirmation. I, I, that, I got it. You got the affirmation. You actually also, I've heard you hoop a little bit at our church. Come on. With the organ. So, Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your car. It's one of my favorite places to preach is <laughs> I-5. Let's go. So um, anyways, it's good. Thanks so much, John. We're going to jump into this. Um, and I want to start out with uh, scripture, and then I want to go into our conversation. Then we're just going to kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, and First uh, Corinthians chapter nine, verse nineteen through twenty-three. It'll be on the screen for you. Um, says this in the message. I love it the way the message says it. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to anyone and all in order to we- reach a wide range of people. Man, that's that's the gospel call. That's what Paul was saying. I have this commission from Jesus. We all have it. He says, religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralitist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I don't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I love this. But I entered their world. I tried to experience things from their point of view. And I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message, because of the gospel. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be so good. in on it. I wanted to be in on it. So today we're in on it. We're Straight. getting in on Straight. it. Um, so Jimmy, uh, it was after Charlottesville. Yeah. And I called you and said, um, hey, let's, let's meet up in D.C., and I, I need to ask you questions. I need to have a conversation with you. Um, and I knew you'd love me enough that I could ask what is potentially offensive without being offended. That's it. Cause, um, but just because of lack of understanding. And uh, I said, so let's get together. And we spent several hours yeah. in DC and have since then spent many times having conversations around. And so I wanna structure it around kind of four ideas um, and anything you want to say yeah. to open up. I haven't let you talk yet. Um, it's all good. But uh, Paul said, I entered their world and experienced things from their experience. So it tells me this, that Paul um, assumed he had assumptions yeah. that he had to break down. So can you talk about assumptions a little bit as Absolutely. it relates to this? 
Well, first of all, thank you, uh, Pastor Daniel and Tammy. Y'all are absolutely amazing. Irene and I love you, your church. Uh, uh, LifePoint, we're just blown away that you're a part of this conversation, and uh, we're honored um, to be friends. We're honored to be family, church family with you all, so thank you for championing this, this topic. It really means a lot. Absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, you know in, in the culture, in the climate that we live in, we live in a, uh, an assumption culture. Uh, and that assumption culture is based off of our experiences or our lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based off of what news channel we subscribe to, uh, <laughs> you know, whether it's CNN, MSNBC, Fox. Yeah. Um, and what it does, we kind of, it, it, that those assumptions are formulated over uh, what you've seen or what you've heard, but not necessarily what you've personally experienced. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that uh, Paul is highlighting here, I've become just about every sort of servant yeah. there is. Well, we don't assume servanthood, right? Yeah. We assume judgment. We assume stereotypical thoughts. We assume the worst. We don't ever assume servanthood. Yeah, like you right. can't assume you have to be commissioned to serve something that's not you know, you deem servable or right. is beyond your preference or beyond your comfort zone. So I think this whole assumption thing is, is, is the society that we live in. You know, we go to a certain rest, we go to a seafood restaurant and we assume that they don't have steak on the menu, right? But why they do have steak on the menu because there are some people that don't eat seafood. Mm-hmm. Well, what if in our society, in our world, we, we didn't assume, we assume that everybody has everything on the menu. That's what I love about your church. Like when, I, when, you, when you had me come, I assumed that I was welcome. And yeah. everyone can't assume that they're welcome. Yeah. And so I love the fact that I assume that I'm welcome because you have things on the menu that are appetizing to me. Yeah, so we were talking about, um, I think there's some assumptions too in the area of um, all or nothing, every, like these phrases we use, everyone is, yeah. everyone's, I told our church after Charlottesville, I said, not every cop is crooked. Yeah. And not every black man is a criminal. That's it. And we live on these extremes instead of coming in and going, all right, not everybody is on the extremes. There's just some people in the middle that I don't assume have hate in their heart. I just think they have ignorance. So good. I didn't have hate in my heart. Yeah. But I did have some ignorance about some things when we talked. Wow. Well, I think one of the things is, is that, you know, then this whole thought is, is not, let me just off, you know, off yeah. of, uh, also give a disclaimer, all white people aren't racist, <laughs> right? Like they may not be able to jump, but they're not racist. Um, <laughs> a joke, it's a joke. Uh, so uh, in, the, in this whole kind of thought, you have ignorance and you have intention, right? Ignorance is I don't know, yeah. uh, which that's where stereotypical thinking comes from. It comes from ignorance because what happens is, is when you stereotype something or someone, you've already decided. So your mind has decided to stop learning and experiencing new things. Great. So based off of what I'm watching or what I've seen, I don't have an opportunity to experience it for myself. That's why yeah. it's awesome that Paul says, I entered into their world. It didn't, their world didn't come to me. I went to into their world yeah. Yeah. and I don't assume anymore because yeah. when I'm assuming, I have ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. But when I learn, I then have intention Intention now, there's some accountability with intention. Mm-hmm. Intention is now I know and I don't care because it doesn't affect me. Now I know uh, and I don't know what to say. Yeah. Or now I know and I just am racist. Right. Right? But you can't assume that all white people are racist. You can't assume that all black people, uh, you know, can dance. You know, you can't assume, right? right like, you, you can't assume these things because I can't dance. 
<laughs> right? Uh, and you're not racist. Right. Right? Uh, but what happens is, is we get caught up in these ideals that our mind decides to stop learning, and now we're mm -hmm. paranoid. Now we walk into rooms. Now we think that, you know, reverse racism exists. Mm -hmm. And I was even, you know, talking uh, to another friend about this. Well, if that be true, well, let's really look at the definition of racism. The definition of racism is founded in superiority. Right? Mm -hmm. And so superior, like I am superior, right? And you need to come up to me. Well, right. if reverse racism was really a thing, it would also be founded in superiority. I don't think African Americans, I know myself, I don't want to be superior, I just want equality. That's right. why anything short of equality yeah. is not progress. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. so it's not reverse racism, it's actually hate uh, response. Mm. And so now my hate response is I need to show that I'm stronger than you. Like, I can't assume that I'm welcome. I'm paranoid because I'm wondering, like, are you going to accept me right. or, or have you stereotyped me? Mm -hmm. And what I love about you and I talking is dialogue has to be first. Yeah. We can't get decisions made until it's preceded by dialogue. Let's back up. You said a lot there. Sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing that I learned about assumptions is... It meant I had to go, all right, the way I have thought or am thinking is incorrect. Wow. That's a really difficult first step, I think, for some people. To think a certain way so long and then go, no, that thinking is incorrect. Or to go, wow, I have taken on some learning that is just wrong and not right. Like, that's a hard, you, you've got to get over that hurdle personally first, yeah. right? And that's, it's, it's a admitting I'm wrong. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's difficult and challenging. And um, one thing we were, I was telling you the story is that this is learned behavior by whatever inputs you're allowing into your life. Absolutely. Um, it's not born with behavior and thinking. Um, my niece is mixed and is adopted. When she was younger, uh, she would preach to my sister and my brother-in-law um, like she would make them sit down and have church and like preach to them. Uh -huh. And uh, so she would do these messages. And my sister was telling me like, Leah's doing these messages and uh, she'll preach to us. And uh, I, you know, we'd talk about it. It was funny or whatever. Um, and then one day she said, uh, she goes, mom, me and uncle Daniel were just alike. <laughs> and my sister thought she was going to say, cause we're both preachers. Mm -hmm. um, but what she said, because when I tan, I get very dark in the summer. Right especially compared to my family or, you know, um, she said, because we got the same color skin. Wow. Wow. So in her mind, because I tan and she's a lighter of a black skin, we're the same. There was no, there's nothing in her mind that is, there's a difference to us. And I even talked to my sister this week. She said, even now she doesn't see a difference in the two of us. Wow. So it's not something we're born with, it's something we learn over time. That's right. And it is challenging to go, all right, what I assume could be incorrect. And so Paul said, I got into their world. Yeah. Right? Um, I got into their world. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Talk a little bit about experience. Um, talk about experience. Talk about empathy, not just sympathy. Yeah. There's a big difference in the two. Paul said, I got into their world so I could experience it from their point of view. 
I think that was the most valuable thing of our lunch and of many conversations since then is I got a point of view I didn't know existed. Wow. I just didn't know. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, thank you for asking that question. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I struggle with when I hear, you know, tweetable phrases or something online that racism, you know, isn't a skin issue, it's a sin issue. Well, I, I believe it is rooted in sin, but what has divided us is our skin. Mm. And I hear a lot of people like say like that the antidote or this prescription to that is to say I don't see color. Well, actually, I do see color. Like, I am black, you are white. Right. Right. It, you, you get darker in the summer, so do I. Um, I just get ashier faster than you. Yes. Um, I don't want to watch in black and white TV. That's it, right? I like a color TV. But exactly. And that's what we said. No, we do see color. I am different. Our hair is different. Like, you know, like, like think, my life is different. My cultural upbringing is mm -hmm. different. Not because I'm like, you could have two African-Americans sitting here, like oh, the same skin color, and one is from Nigeria and one is from, you know I say, and there's, you would, in your mind, you're, you're, you assume they're the same, but they're not the same, because even within a, a skin color is different culture. Yeah. And so when we start thinking about, do I see color? I have to see color. Why? Because what I've recognized this is if, if you don't accept our differences, you won't seek to understand my different experiences. Yeah. And great. if you say I don't see color, you're now you don't believe that, you know, I'm profiled. Now you don't believe that when I'm pulled over, I do operate in fear. Now you don't believe that I have to have different conversations with my son about when he gets pulled over, put his hands at 10 and two. Not that, again, like police officers, they deserve the highest honor. I don't think it has anything to do with the badge. It's the heart behind the badge mm. that has a learned behavior of I'm in authority. I'm in superiority. Now you put that badge on top of that. I'm a big deal. Right. Right. And so I, we have to understand that we are different. Paul says, I entered into their world. That means sit in the path of. That means mm. says, man, let me know how it feels to be black in America. Let me know how it feels to be uh, African-American and walk into an all, you know, wh white church. And they're expecting you to preach a, sp a specific way. Let me walk in the path of that. Let me walk in the path of when I walk in Nordstrom or when I walk into a, uh, a Saks or a high end store that I'm already looked at. Not only uh, am I going to steal something, but I'm, I'm pigeonholed as an athlete or a rapper. Mm. That's real. Right. But if we don't accept our differences, you won't agree with my experiences. Yeah. And we're yeah. different. So yeah. now, enter into my world and just try to sit in my path. Yeah. Just try. Mm -hmm. And the hardest thing, Pastor, is like you're married. You guys have kids. Like, you have never birthed a baby. Never. No. But you were in the room coaching your wife through pain that you will never experience yourself. That's great. And I think if we would just, as a society, as a country, just be in the delivery room with people. It's so good, Jimmy. And try to so coach good. them through it. And listen, you may never experiencing, but what you're saying is, is I'm here to help you breathe through it. Yeah. And so I love good. the fact that you're here to help me breathe through it. I love you. Yeah, I love you. I love you.
Tell us about your dad a little bit. It's Memorial Day weekend, Vietnam vet. Yeah. He, he went through the wall first in ways um, on an even deeper level. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Well, my dad, um, my dad is, was the warden of the Maryland State Penitentiary uh, for years, built the prison systems in, in, in Maryland and Baltimore, um, was a Vietnam vet, and uh, he, he began to tell me, you know, on this Memorial Day, what it was like. I was asking him, like, what was it like? And he says, well, it was crazy to go fight for a country that didn't fight for you. Mm. And he talked about the race, the hate, the, the, the prejudice, the divide, the stereotypical thought. And he said this, it only went away when we were fighting for the same thing in the foxhole. Mm. Like, isn't that a picture of kingdom? Yeah, yeah. Right? That if we're fighting for the same thing, we can't fight against one another. That's right. Right? And that's when this idea of that when we gave our lives to Christ, our ethnic culture, although real, although valued, although important, it actually becomes a subculture to the kingdom culture. That's right. Because we're fighting for the same thing. Yeah. And my talk dad... Talk about that a little bit more. I want to pause right there. Absolutely. Because I think that's what's so powerful <clears throat> about your perspective is... Um, you don't live on the extremes yeah. of everybody is or everybody's not or everybody. Um, and it is, it's gospel above everything. That's it. It's the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's even kingdom above my own experience, my own preferences. Yeah. Not that those go away, but it's kingdom first. I think when we understand kingdom, right? Like John, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So whenever the kingdom is real, there's a turning. We gotta turn away from our past, turn away for, but if you gotta understand the kingdom, the kingdom is like when you pray, Jesus said pray, for thine is the kingdom, kingdom. the power, and the glory forever, yeah. right? So the kingdom is like, has a king, that's Jesus, <laughs> yes. right? That, that kingdom now has a government, Yes. right? Like when you pray, it says pray for heaven to come to earth. Yeah. That government is the glory, the kingdom culture. Mm -hmm. Right now, that kingdom has citizens. Yes. Those, that's you and I. Yep. So when I got saved, although we're different, we became citizens of the same culture. That's right. And that trumps our ethnic culture, but doesn't cross out our ethnic culture. Exactly. That's diversity. That's the Holy Spirit at Passover. They begin to understand each other's language and background and entering into yeah. each other's world. Now as citizens, our job is to commission, is to colonize earth with heaven's culture. Yes. That can only happen through us being brothers and sisters. In Galatians, right, it says there can be no division among Jew, Gentile. Among us, we are all equal. That is, we are in common relationship with Jesus Christ. How I know that Jesus is the answer? Because the only universal thing that we operate on the same plateau, on the same level is, is our need for salvation. Yeah. So, it, it, like, how do I not look at divide as I start looking at, well, let's look at what unifies us. Depression has no color. Cancer has no color. Sin has no color. Right. Poor has no color. Hurt yeah. has no color. Grief has no color. What's the answer? The blood of Jesus that united Absolutely. us at the foot of the cross, right. which now makes me a part of the kingdom 
of God. I'll preach right now. <laughs> Here's what's great, us, and we're going to get back to your dad. Um, but so at the Tower of Babel, come on, God said, we're going to confuse the language. And this was the thing is because their unity, he said, there's nothing they won't be able to accomplish. Come on. Nothing they won't be able to accomplish. And so we're going to, dis- we're going to confuse their languages because they would be able to do whatever they wanted to do. I think the enemy still understands that principle, that if the body of Christ would get on the same language, the same key, if I would be able to say, you don't look like me, think like me, your experience is like me, I can't cook as good as you, which by the way, this man can... Right, I can burn a little bit. Burn a little bit. But we're under the same umbrella of the gospel, of the kingdom of God, then if that kind of power of unity, that's why I think the enemy loves division so much. If I can get it, if it can be red state or blue state, if it can be black or white, Come if on. it can be this or that, if, it can, if I can just get on divide, if it can be I wear a mask, I don't wear a mask during COVID. If it can be, uh, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm serious. Think about any little thing we potentially can polarize like that. And it's the work of the enemy, I think, because yeah. if the church got together, I believe the same principle exists. There's nothing they wouldn't be able to come. I think global revival would hit if we could just come together and go, it's kingdom above everything. I'm not erasing who I am, but I'm submitting who I am to a higher purpose and a higher authority in its kingdom. I mean, kingdom has to precede conversation. Yeah. Like if our foundation of scripture is not the same, it's going to be hard to have conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you look back to scripture and you understand that Jesus is the unifier yeah. and you understand that, like you said, the enemy understands the power of unity. Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together yeah, in unity. unity yeah. Right? And then the anointing is released and then we command a blessing. Yeah. So the enemy understands that I got to keep this thing divided. I got to keep this thing, right? A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A city divided against itself cannot stand. But where does it start? In a house. Yeah. If we want to take the city, we got to go back to the house. If we want to establish the kingdom, we got to go back to conversations at Thanksgiving and not laughing at racial jokes or not saying anything so because silence is agreement. So good. So it's, it's if we're kingdom, you hurt because I hurt. Mm-hmm. I hurt because you hurt. I want to, uh, um, I want to uh, give you information in areas that you don't understand if it's kingdom. If it's kingdom, we're on the same team. Yeah. Right? And so what's happening is, is right now there's no dialogue. Right? Because there's, there's tr- people trying to convince, this is my reality, this is my reality, mm-hmm. this is my reality. And we don't understand that it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes Jesus, come on, he didn't want, he didn't, he knew his assignment, but he got there and says, God, if this cup, if you can let this pass to me, yeah. and then he kicks in, oh my God, nevertheless, God, let your will be done. We have to say that God's will is bigger than my will and my wants. Yeah. Right? We have to say that the kingdom right. trumps my culture. We have to say that love is greater than hate. No matter how strong hate is, love mm. wins every time. And we both have a need for salvation. It comes back to the color of red. We both bleed the same. That's right. Because we're both redeemed by the same blood. That's right. So good. And so, I, like my dad being in Vietnam, yeah. he... He, he went to v- Vietnam and he had to fight for a country that wasn't fighting for him. Then they were unified in the foxhole and he said it was crazy because all the race stuff went away because they were fighting for the same thing. But right at the bar at night, you know, come on, this is BC days, right? <laughs> Before Christ days, 
uh, when Dr. Martin Luther King died, the guy who he was just, or was assassinated, the guy he was just fighting next to in the foxhole, saving his life, said, yeah, we got your leader. Well, what happened? They weren't wow. fighting for the same thing. Yeah. So now they're fighting for, against one another. I would offer, Pastor, if we're not fighting for the same thing, we're going to be fighting against one another. Yeah. And I, my dad has this amazing ability to forgive. He has this amazing innate equality, uh, I mean, a quality to assume the best. And I want to adopt that in mm -hmm. the hurt. Yeah. I want to adopt that no matter what I see on the news, that I'm going to, that's a person, that's another life that I have to enter into their world. And I told my church this, yes, I want white people to enter into my world and try to experience things from my point of view, but guess what it, my mandate is? Is to enter into yours. Yeah. Is to enter into the, the skinhead at Charlottesville and, and put myself in his place and ask myself, my journey, is there so, something called, does the scripture allow me to have justified unforgiveness? Mm. Well, no. It says if you don't forgive people on earth, then your father won't forgive you in heaven. So I put myself in his high chair, listening when he was an infant, listening wow. to his grand, granddaddy and his great granddaddy talk about how they hate black people and, and what we're supposed to call them and, and they're inferior. But if I'm not willing to enter into his world, I think he's born with that. And if I think he's born with that, then I don't really know scripture, but I believe that it's the anointing that can break a generational curse right. and a stronghold, and that's where unity comes in, and that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation. So get in somebody's high chair. Yeah. Get in somebody's table. Yeah. Sit, in, sit in the path of. And, and so here's the deal. Is, is like forgiveness isn't like waiting for you to go first. Yeah. It's actually... Pre-sin. Yeah. I'm forgiving. I am, this is a gift. Right. And if you don't give back to me, I'm still good with it. Yeah. So strong. That's why I love you so much is because it's not just come understand my experience. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. You were like, I have to do the same thing. I have to look at with compassion on someone like that and go, what must have happened in his life? What conversations must he have had? Um, you know, even it's, it's 2020 and my niece is still called names because of the color of her skin. Yeah. My kid, Faith heard, overheard that and she was like, why? Why would people do that, Dad? And instead of just getting angry and being like, um, you said to me something, you said, I'm tired of saying, well, this is just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the way it has to be but it requires people going, I'm gonna lay down my assumptions. I'm gonna consider that your experience is real. I'm gonna consider that you did just land at BWI from a preaching engagement in front of thousands of people. And it really is real that you got pulled over in your own neighborhood for no reason, because it's a nice neighborhood. Yeah. It's real. And it's real. And I, it's hard because, you know, when people say, well, isn't there progress? Like, until you sit in the seat, like anything short of equality is not progress. Hmm. Like, I'm at a place, man, where it's hard, man. 
It's hard. I, I want to get angry. I, I'm human. I, I, I want to just take my kickball and go home. Mm. But in Christ, God has given me this call, this uneasiness that won't let me settle for this is just the world we live in. Yeah. Like God has this way of turning our greatest misery into our greatest ministry. But it's only when we lean into the power of the Holy Spirit and says, God, I need your strengths to be perfected in these weaknesses that I have. Mm -hmm. And I've learned, Daniel, that we just need to listen. And I've learned also that it's hard for someone who's a voice to become an ear. Mm. And I just want to be a better ear. That's great. And if we can have dialogue like this, and if we can talk like this, and we can lead our churches, I can't say that the church is the hope of the world, and the, and the church touch, you know, uh, human trafficking, and champion, you know, anti-abortion, which we all champion, mm. and not champion racial inequalities. Yeah. I think we can't pick and choose. Jesus was just about justice. Mm -hmm. Like, and if people are paralyzed, Mark chapter two, there's a guy on a mat, whatever they're paralyzed in, yeah. they're paralyzed in fear, if they're paralyzed in racism, can we grab the corner of somebody's mat that we don't understand their pain yeah. and do whatever we can do to get them to Jesus? So good. You know, I think Paul said, I did it all for the message. <laughs> did it all for the gospel. I, I, I kind of wonder if um, Paul couldn't, was able to say that because of the example of Jesus. Yeah. Think about the woman at the well. <laughs> you know, I've preached that message a hundred times, right? We've all preset text. He had to go to Samaria. Geographically, he did not have to go to Samaria, no. but he had to go to Samaria. And he was breaking down so many stereotypes. A man, a rabbi talking to a woman, not in that culture. A Jew talking to a Samaritan. There were racial issues that he was confronting but he intentionally went, I think, to send a message to all of us that this gospel of the kingdom is more of a priority than your, your preferences, your, your little holy huddle. Wow. What, what, well, our, church just, our church just isn't into that. That's not our thing. I love that. <laughs> what do you mean that's not our thing? Yeah. The gospel's not your thing, wow. right? As believers, the gospel isn't our thing. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think the woman at the well, John 4, is such a good illustration of like, what Jesus can do mm -hmm. and what the gospel can do. First, he has to go through Samaria, right? He's basically saying, if, we're gonna call, if there's going to be revival in Samaria, I'm going to have to be a witness, not just in Jerusalem, not just in Samaria and Judea, but mm -hmm. my uttermost. Yeah. And all of us have an uttermost. That's beyond your comfort zone. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to take it to this woman. Now, that scripture is so racially charged. You Jews worship this way. You Samaritans worship mm -hmm. this way. You black people worship this way. You white people worship this way. You Hispanic people, you know, do it this way. Y'all clap on the one and the three. We do it on the two and the four. Y'all wear <laughs> skinny jeans. We wear baggy. Whatever it is, we play good B3s. You play like Jesus. Says, no, no, no. One day we're going to worship one God one way in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Kingdom shows up. Well, where did he do it? At a well. Well, what is he doing? He's redeeming water. Now, 
you don't know the significance or don't, would never feel the significance of water being redeemed until you had to drink at a black-only water fountain. Mm. So my dad had to drink at a black-only water fountain when he's fighting for a country that won't fight for him, right? So now you see the significance of this passage of Scripture, how God is using the Holy Spirit to redeem the water. She shows up. Jesus shows up. She's been ostracized by her own people, and she's nervous. Mm -hmm. And she says, how are you going to give me a drink of water when you don't have a rope long enough? Or do you have a bucket wide enough? Yeah. And I thought about that. If we're going to unify this thing, you're going to have to have something. You have to stay around long enough Mm. to work through it. And you're going to have to have a heart that has the capacity to hold my reality that's not your own. That's great. So Jesus begins to tell her about her life. He says, I can hold that. I can take that. I'm good with that. I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. But you know what? This water is going to wipe all of that away anyway. Yeah. And then worship. And he brings in worship. How do we unify this thing? Well, we got to get our eyes focused vertically before we try to focus horizontally. So good. Right? The tension point at the cross is when it goes out, not when it goes up. Mm. Right? So what Jesus' hands were, were, were nailed in an in a outward. He says, Father, yeah. forgive them for they don't know what they do. This passage of scripture is so kingdom. Remember, his disciples went away to go get food. You know, Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> right? Because they were... They weren't closed on Sunday. <laughs> Whole nother thought. And uh, they come back and they see Jesus talking to this woman. You know, like, what are you doing? You're hungry. He says, no, no, no. He says, my food yeah. is to do the will, will of him who sent me. When you are in the gospel of Jesus, you have to have a different appetite. So good. That my appetite is to please Jesus, not to please my culture, not to please myself, not to please people. What Jesus was able to do is he was able to get free from people so yeah. that he could reach people. Yeah. That's so strong. That's a lot right there. Come on. Um, real quick, we've got a few minutes left. What, what practically do you do from here? Wow, this is a good question. I think the first thing is, is whose world have you never been a part of that you need to enter? Mm-hmm. Like a good, a good way to start is just look at your cell phone. See how many people that are non your ethnic background that are in your favorites. Start there. Mm. Who are you having conversation with? I mean, all of us are, pro- we want to be around us. We love us. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. We want to be comfortable. You can't do, be comfortable in the commission. The commission like, think about it. Jesus gave the commission to disciples to go make disciples. Well, if you give a commission to disciples to go make disciples, you can't be made out of something you already are. They were already disciples. Mm-hmm. So he says, go. In other words, we got to leave the four walls of the church. Yeah. It says that when yeah. Jesus looked at the crowds, he had compassion on them. Problem is, is we're only looking at the crowd around us. Mm. So we need to go outside the four walls. COVID's a good time to look at the crowd. Who is your neighbor? Love yeah. your neighbor as you love yourself, but don't choose your neighbor. Mm. Right? And so how do we do it? The first thing we get, we get into somebody's world that doesn't look like us. We sit next to somebody uh, at a football game, at a basketball game, at the office that don't look like us. We invite somebody to lunch 
that doesn't look like us. We actually talk to our neighbor and find out what their name is and say, I see your differences, I see your color, and build relationship. Yeah, yeah. And so I think a good thought is, number one, just build relationship with somebody that don't look like you. Mm-hmm. Have a Daniel Floyd in your life who's super white, <laughs> but I love him, and have dialogue. That's right. Yeah. Any I other think, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the, a second thought is, 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 like, how do I get compassion? How, do, how does my heart break for the things that breaks the heart of God? Is remember your own journey. Yeah. I think racism, like, another foundation of it is thinking you've arrived. Mm. Like, if you're gonna, if it's this thought of superiority, you forgot that you needed grace. Yeah. You forgot that yeah. you were broken. You forgot yeah. that you used to have an addiction. You forgot that your marriage was jacked up. You forgot, because if we apply that same level of grace to other people that we've assumed ourselves, so look, look back at your God resume and see all the areas that God covered that you're not, and then you be that to somebody else. So good. Like, so where you want to go. Like, and I think that's a, a good second thought. Yeah. And then... Paul says he ends his thing with, you know, I want to be in on it. Be in on it. How about you put your mission where your mouth is? Yeah. Like, it's so easy to say, I'm for Jesus, and I'm for the local church, and I'm for the Great Commission. With the Great Commission, he says all authority was given to all people to go out and change all the world. And so if we're only going after some people, we've only experienced some of God's authority. I don't know about you, Pastor, but I want all of God's authority because it's going to take all of God's authority to create revival. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. There it is. Again, repent, kingdom, from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal the land. The land of my heart needs to be healed. The land of my mind needs to be healed. The land of my territory needs to be healed. And so pray, seek God's face, ask God, confront the things within my heart that, I, that it's hard to admit, hard to admit you got preferences, yeah. but you won't change. God can't uncover what you keep covered up. Yeah. And so I've been, search my heart, oh God, search me, yeah. help me to love people who hate me, mm-hmm. help me, help me. I'm not Jesus, but help, help me to step in the feet of Jesus and walk near Samaritan people and sit with prostitutes and, and, and be on the streets healing, you know, blind people. Help me get into someone else's world. Some of y'all just need to drive down a different street That's good. and pray for that street. Yeah. I think, man, I'm asking God to help me keep my compassion pure. That it's not because I have to. Yeah. But it's because I want to. That's where I'm at, man. So good. Thanks for investing in us today. I love you so much. I love you. Thanks for making me better, expanding my world, expanding my capacity to love, to see, perspective. I think it's super valuable. Wow. Thanks Um, for having me, man. I'm not just... uh, I want to be in on it. Not just talk about it, be in on it. Be a part of a solution, be a part of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. This ain't in heaven. 
So if the kingdom's going to come to earth, we need to get about what's happening in heaven. That's right. You know, some of you today, maybe you listened to all this and you realize that, man, there is something in my heart. There's, there's things I've never thought of. There's issues. Maybe even in today, you hear us talk about the kingdom of God and about that above everything, and you realize that I've kind of added God onto my life, but I've never made God number one in my life, like his will above everything. Maybe today you realize that, that you're just far from God. You know, the Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the standard or the glory of God. We've all done that. It's not a condemning statement. It's the reality of the human condition that we're all sinners. We're not, we're not mistakers who make mistakes. Wow. We're sinners who sin. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The payment or the penalty is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And he says the way we receive it is simply by believing in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing with our mouth that he is Lord. And today we want to give you an opportunity to do that. We want to give you an opportunity to respond to the good news, the gospel of Jesus that's available to everyone, no matter race, color, creed, background, choices up to this moment. And so if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes with me if you can, no matter where you're watching from, I'll give you the opportunity to do this just by expressing that to God through prayer. Nothing magical about the prayer, but if you mean it from your heart to God's, on the authority of God's word, you'll be saved. And so just pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, we believe that you got saved, what the Bible calls saved. And, and I'd love to know about it. And here's how I want you to let, tell me is, I simply want you to text LCS all together, one word, LCS, to the number 94000, 94,000, LCS to the number 94,000. I've got a book I wrote called Fully Alive. It's, it's how to continue in this journey with Christ. How to, God, Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. He wants you to be fully alive. And so if you would text in that number um, with that keyword LCS, I'll get that into the mail to you this week. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also want to encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword lifepoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.